What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. How are you this fine morning? I feel perfectly fine, yeah. but uh, eagle-eared listeners, which is a phrase <laughs> that people definitely say that, yep, I guess yep. maybe rabbit-eared listeners? That works too. Anyways, whatever. We'll notice that I sound a little stuffed up. That's because I have a very slight cold. We've got these, it's either that or these Texas or allergies mold. right now. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of mold going on I don't know what's right going now. on, but so if I sound kind of weird, that's why. It's not the mics, it's me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just over here distorting the audio. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like Darth Vader in the final episode. That would <laughs> you actually don't be even pretty, know. pretty cool. <laughs> People are like, stuffed up? Mogan, I don't think that's the be- the source of your problems Something here. Something more seems to be the cause. <laughs> Ah, but man, it feels good to it's, be back here. It's been uh, a while. We've been a bit again. I know we're saying that a lot lately, but that's but because still. Jared got the Rona, yeah, and then I got the Rona, yeah. So it, it's I, run its course through us, though. Yeah, now. It, I've I'm already done with it by like quite a while now. Mm-hmm. So I am, I would say, fully handled it okay. Yeah, didn't, handled it okay. Yeah, did not just too bad. fine. Had to sleep a lot. So did I. Yeah, very tired. It knocked but, me out. But so much. I believe I've, I'm done with the worst of it. Nice. Good. Well, we're through it. It's run its course through us now, so hopefully we don't get it ever again. Thumbs up for that. And uh, we'll be able to keep giving you this great, delicious uh, video game content that we like to bring here on Team Chat Podcast. And you can listen to those episodes on Thursday mornings when they release on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as uh, over on our YouTube, where you can watch each and every episode because we've got a video version over there. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server where you can have a lot of great conversations with us when we're not here recording the show. And you can also head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, and in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release, access to a, a Thursday release, sorry, access to a private channel on our Discord, the Rogues Gallery, and a lot of extra uh, bits of extra stuff along the way. But you know what? There's some cool people who did that, such as Super Saiyan Ace, Elise F, Zach S, Mariah, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W. Thank you so much for supporting the show. But if you can't support us over on Patreon, that is no big deal at all. We totally understand. And there are a lot of great free ways that you can support the show, such as subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show. If you're over on YouTube, you know, hit the subscribe button, slap that bell notification, all that fun stuff that they tell you to do. And... Uh, but you could also write us reviews, tell your friends, all that great stuff gets the good word of Team Chat Podcast out there to the masses. And for that, we are eternally grateful and we love each of our listeners, viewers, and patrons alike. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. I like that this became a thing and it stuck. You yeah. know? So it's even, nice. Even without being across the power of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right. We can no longer type the hearts into chat. We got to do it with our hands and it works. I like it. It sticks yeah. around. But Mogan says it has been a little bit. Since we've recorded, we've got a great episode for you guys coming up because we were giving our first impressions of the incredibly fun Cult of the Lamb. Hell yes. Uh, so we'll be talking about that a little bit more. But since it has been a few weeks since we have sat down behind the mics, since our last episode where we gave our great review of Stray with uh, had Sam on as a guest. That was a very Giddy's fun episode. Meow. So what have you been playing? Well, let's catch up a little bit before we jump into our review because I feel like it's been a minute since we've actually really kind of talked to. I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about it. And stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about it right now because we're just about to. But it's kind of almost a blessing that I got the Rona. 
<laughs> because I picked up Cult of the Lamb and then was immediately about to start a new job, which I did finally start the new job. But, Congratulations. But right before my first day, the Rona got me. So I had to call him and be like, hey, I actually can't start tomorrow. Oops. <laughs> and they were thankfully cool with that. They were per- perfectly fine with cool. it. They were like, oh, yeah, don't don't come to your <laughs> Good. Good. Keep, keep your Rona to yourself. Uh, so we pushed back my start date by, by a week, which just gave me a week, you know, around home doing absolutely nothing other than being sick and tired. Right. Which is the perfect setup for long gaming sessions. Absolutely. So got a lot of flat butt hours. Oh, in. yeah. And I got a lot of uh, that's really when I knocked out the vast majority of my Cult of the Lamb hours so far. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we really haven't gotten to talk about it on the show yet, but I'm really looking for, um, I'll probably be able to do a full review relatively soon. I'm still making my way through Neon White. Oh, yeah. And it is still such a fun, cool game. Uh, Again, I don't want to talk too much about it now because I want to save all that juice for the end. But Neon White rules. And if you were kind of on the fence about whether or not to give it a try, my recommendation, don't look anything up about it. Just go straight in there and have a crazy, wild, fun time because you're going to have a blast with it. Neon White is a very fun game. Quick question about it. Do you think there's any chance I would like it? You know, maybe. Maybe? Because okay. I think that you won't like the the like dialogue interludes. I think you'll find those not to your taste just yeah. because they're very anime. Sure. Some people might even call them a little bit hashtag cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so because I watch a ton of anime. So sure. it's like, yeah, checks out. All of this makes perfect sense to me. But the gameplay itself, I think you would find quite fun. Okay, cool. So I should probably just bring you my Switch one of these days and let you play some of it because I I feel like this the sort of wild actiony speed running aspects of it you would probably really enjoy. Nice. So it's a very strange game and I can't imagine how they how they even thought up the concept in the first place but it is executed incredibly well. Nice. So keep your keep your eyes out for that interview to come probably within the next couple of weeks or so. Very cool, very cool. What have I been playing lately? Uh, a lot of Coals of the Lamb, Still a lot of Apex. Can't can't quit playing that. Been playing a lot of that with Cody, Michael, and stuff like that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, the still making my way through the Star Wars, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Oh yeah, I forgot That's you been picked fun. that up. I'm going in release order of the movies since it has each one broken down in episodes. Gotcha. I'm in episode two right now. Probably maybe only have like a couple of missions left in it. So that's not the one. Is that the one? Ap- is that the Clone Wars? Yes. Attack okay, of the Clones. Gotcha. Yep. Attack of the Clones. So gotcha. doing that one. So I only have some like halfway through the game then I guess based on based on episode number and where I'm at in this. Gotcha. So there's a lot to do in it that I haven't really gotten into because you know, as you play the campaign and travel to different areas in the galaxy, you know, you find these different planets, areas in space to explore, tons of missions and side quests for you to do. Well, side side quests mainly, uh, not the, the main mission stuff. But I haven't really explored all that stuff because I am really just kind of like shooting through to get the story done and everything. This is my time in between huge games. Yeah. So like I'm trying to get through a couple of these smaller ones. And even though I see that there's a ton I can do in Lego Star Wars, I'm kind of like, I'm here for the story. I'll come back and like fill in whenever I feel like I need like it is a great I got 15 minutes to go like around and get a couple collectibles and different stuff like that. It's great for that. Um, But I was actually talking with my buddy Michael yesterday and uh, I was telling him how it's fun and everything. But it is interesting how it definitely gears itself towards wanting you to do more of the free play exploration stuff rather than straight line the missions because there is so much of it to get you to the various parts of the movie. Like you do jump to different planets 
systems, what have you. But you sometimes will only go there for like a quick cutscene and then turn around and go to somewhere else. Oh, that's kind of weird. So like, yeah, if you're just doing the story like I'm doing, it is kind of a weird flow to the game yeah. because you go through, you maybe will do like travel to a place, cutscene, travel to somewhere else, cutscene, then you do like a little mission. It's kind of weird. But in between each mission, you can still do these like, it does give you the chance to automatically you're in like the free play way that and you can gotcha. like so you're not like stuck in it and have to exit out to the main menu it's just like but you have the choice in the free play map to go to a spot is where the next story mission starts gotcha. so it's kind of interesting how it's like normally if you're how i feel like if you're like going straight through a game trying to do the mission it feels very like a smooth process and it's interesting how this one feels more like no you're really here to do all the like side exploration stuff this story thing is like the thing that just kind of like I mean, it packages it nicely. I guess that's because from their perspective, they're like, everybody's seen the movies. Yeah. You know, nobody bought this game that hasn't seen all of the movies, presumably. Presumably. So they're like, why would you want to play through the stories? You've yeah. seen it already. Get well, in there and have some more fun. Exactly. And I mean, the whole point of that, too, is you're going out there to collect studs to be able to unlock your characters, unlock your ships, all that different stuff, which I will say, when I have messed around with the free play stuff, I did, of course, already unlock Boba Fett's minifigure. Of course. And flying around as minifigure Boba Fett blasts and stuff is pretty damn it's pretty, fun. Pretty cool. So I can see the appeal, and I will go back and do all that kind of stuff, but there's not like, I definitely don't feel the need to like try to platinum that game by any stretch so it's just going to be a fun one to go back to and everything like that so at some point speaking of platinuming i need to just look up like all of the other remaining trophies that i haven't gotten in horizon forbidden west yeah just to see if it's even something that i'm interested I, in i think you could do it especially if you think you'll go back for the dlc and I mean, stuff like that or if you still go back to derp around in it i think you should is one of the trophies the whole beat it on hard mode thing no Okay, so that's that's no, always like not the blocker require, that I have. It does I not have. require a replay of the game. Gotcha. So in that case, I can probably just, I mean, I assume there are ones just related to specific, you know, kill X amount of, I don't know, yeah. slaughter spines or. There are, I know there are ones like that. You have, like you have to kill every type of machine. There's one. I like, did already get that trophy. Okay, you did yeah, do that I one. got that uh, one. Scan, oh, then you probably got, <clears throat> excuse me. You did probably then get the scan each machine then too presumably so i mean i had to scan every creature just because i needed the help with their weak points every right. time so unless i just happen to miss there's one, only one that i think you potentially could miss Ooh, just tell me which one it is the final boss i scanned her okay then yeah you're good. i did i was okay. like oh god that's yeah. how i found out that she was weak to poison yeah what's it called so the acid acid, acid, acid not poison yeah. so that's yeah that as long as you get that one that's i think the only gotcha. one that's like locked to a mission that you could potentially miss. Oh, so I a little see. tidbit for you out there yeah kids. that's good to know but uh good but thing yeah. i scanned her because then right? i would have had to replay the game i thought at first it was the slaughter spine in gemini in the gym the gemini cauldron that like because that one was like a specific one like oh. an apex one or something i think so oh. i was like oh maybe that's the one that but then when it got to the final mission i was like ah, yeah i okay. understand now gotcha um but yeah i think you should I, I it's still my plan too as well but i'm probably gonna wait till there's dlc like a reason to go back to it because again i am trying to get through a couple shorter things now before i can jump to my next big game yeah. uh which i would like to be able to get into I don't know what that will necessarily be yet, but I want to get into it before Ragnarok comes along. Of course. Actually, I was looking at our little figures here of yeah. uh, Travis and... Changes again. What's the... Kratos? What's the, Kratos. I just couldn't think of his name. <laughs> yeah, uh, Trevor and Kratos. Remind me, and this is a spoiler from the previous game. Sure. Remind me, is Trevor actually Kratos' son? Yes. Okay, he is? He is, and we know that from the okay. beginning. gotcha. It's his... Again, game that came out in 2018... 
it's his true identity. Gotcha. That's the secret. Okay. So in my mind, I was like, is his true identity, air quotes, his real father? Like I had gotten uh, no, it confused no, 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 no. in my mind. It's it's okay. it's uh, Atreus's so, actual identity. His name is Trevor, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right. Okay, it's, it's, yeah, Trevor. it's Trevor. I'll let it slide this one time. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. But yeah, uh, that's that's pretty cool and stuff like that. Well, uh, that. My next big game is coming out soon. Oh, what is it? So I need to finish Cult oh, of done. the Lamb and I need to that. finish Neon White so that I can blast into Splatoon 3. A just, blast into it. Like <laughs> just guns. Where's, <laughs> g- give me my splatter oh, shot. Yeah, are, are <laughs> I'm just there. kidding. Don't, don't do it. it. Yeah, don't get it off <laughs> the wall. It'll make everything fall off the wall. But I can't wait for Splatoon 3. I'm really excited about it. Um, I can't wait. Like all of my various old Splatoon communities are already getting a, a boost in nice. revival of being like, yes, we can play again. That's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm just really interested to see how it feels to play. And I don't mean mechanically. I mean like the meta. Yeah. Because one of my bigger complaints about Splatoon 2 was always that it felt more tryhardy mm. than Splatoon 1 did for me. Like Splat 1 felt way casual to sure. me, which I'm totally on board with. Splat 2 felt a lot more competitive and I was like, oh, I don't love this. So Splat 3, I'm interested to see kind of where it lands in that, okay, how good do you actually have to be right. to can, have can a good casuals time? casuals play in this yeah, and still have fun. exactly. I mean, they, they always and that's always been the case because there is always like a little built-in story mode and there's just obviously regular turf war but even then sometimes you oh something's somebody's getting boofed at yeah (laughs) boof sounds like somebody's got bass playing or something oh god she's getting them no ma'am good girl Okay, we're good. Anyways, <laughs> so, so yeah. down the guard dog. Very excited for Splatoon 3. Can't wait for it to come out. It comes out on September 9th for anybody that wasn't sure. So Very Splat cool. 3, get on it. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I can't. I think Ragnarok is my best, is my next big one that I'm like looking forward to coming out this year. I was excited about the new Saints Row, but then it came out and its reviews were not great. And uh, where they actually didn't even realize it was already out. Yeah. It, it, well, that was huh. another thing that surprised me about it, too. Like it was like a day before launch and I suddenly started seeing a whole bunch of tweets being like, hey, Saints Row comes out tomorrow. And I was like, what? But uh, yeah, apparently it started hitting its reviews and it was like it got like twos in some places for like Ooh. out of fives. I well, still, but that's still, pretty bad. Yeah, I got some two, like, of out of 10 scales that I saw, it was hitting, like, six sevens Ooh, average. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that's rough. Like, just said that apparently it's just the writing's not all there is totally what they were saying. But my big thing that kind of, like, set me being like, uh-oh, this might not be in a good place, is that uh, I think it was at non-E3, E3 this year, uh, whatever, just the showcase season, let's call it that, Uh that's a good, the that's last, a good phrase for it, showcase right? season. I, yeah, like I like that. I like that. Trademark. Yeah, Chat trademark. Podcast, <laughs> uh, 2022. But um, during showcase season, it was the last thing I saw of it. The only thing they showed, it was like a three-minute video showing off how cool their character creator yeah, was. Yeah, that is a little and I was strange. Like, okay, cool. I get that that's really cool that you want to show this off. But also, this is like the last showcase you're going to have before it launches. And you're just telling me about the character creator. That is seems worrisome. I mean, is is part of the problem that people feel that the gameplay just like isn't very fun? Uh, I think some or of is that, it that like, it doesn't like really buggy. do anything new. It oh, is buggy. I oh, did see some buggy. definite stuff where like somebody shot an enemy and the enemy uh, character model just like T-posed and then like <laughs> stretched out into space or something. Okay, like well that. that's hilarious. Some stuff but... <laughs> like that. Like sure, there's some things like that going on too. But yeah, I think it just has some game breaking bugs that I've seen. Like saves not work, uh, not glitching or something like that. Uh, yeah, some some writing things that are just issues 
it just like and apparently they really toned down the over the topness that the Saints Row oh, series is no. known for. Why would they do that? Yeah, that's like the whole point. I know. I want to be able to beat up people on the street oh, with God. a three with a three foot purple. Everybody does. Right. That's why they're playing Saints Row. Exactly. So you know, we'll see. But anyway. Well. Got Ragnarok, so I just got to fill my time with some smaller games. I might start Cyberpunk, though. I'm not going to lie in between. Ooh, cheer, I don't, just, don't my whole idea from that is like, I just want to see if I can even get into it again. Oh. If I can't get into it again, I'm definitely not going to force it and just I'll cut my losses and move on. But I kind of feel like I want to see. That sounds uh, like a good plan. But I might honestly, though, finish Mass Effect first because so, I really need to do that. Speaking of games in the backlog that we still definitely need to play, mm-hmm. uh, this would have been two years ago now. I have still not even started. Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about oh, time. Oh, come on. I know. And supposedly it's a great game. I'm pretty sure I just got it free on PS Plus. Yeah. And like <laughs> every time I look at it, like on my little shelf, because I have it in physical yeah. copy, and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to play that. And I just still have not played it. But I think it, I have the Insane in Trilogy, the remaster of oh, 1, 2, yeah, and 3, yeah. and I haven't touched that. Well, I've, I played all of those games back in the day. That's not true. I never played the third one. Mm-hmm. But the first and second games I did play quite a bit of. Didn't finish either of them because that was the era of not being good at games. Sure. But very fond memories still. But Crash 4, I have no reason that I haven't played it yet. I just need to do it. <laughs> a lot of games on my back. Yep. Backlog that I want to do that same thing for. So eventually we'll get to it one someday. of these days. One That's of these a days. hashtag someday. It is. But you know what's not a hashtag someday? Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb. Because we have been playing lamb. it since it came out. Or Coddle for short. Ah, uh, yeah, coddle. We'll just call it that. That would make it a lot easier. We can coddle our followers in Cult of the Lamb. But, yes, we've been playing Cult of the Lamb by Massive Monster, an Australian developer, published by our Austin's own Devolver Digital. And I got to say, Mogan, this yes. game fits right in perfectly with Devolver Digital's catalog. I don't know why I didn't realize that Devolver Digital was based in Austin. Yeah. I learned that fact like a couple of weeks ago and I was oh, like, really? wait, For the what? First time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wow. was like, I didn't know they were here. I think I figured it out when I went to RTX one year. Oh. And then okay. they like obviously have a very big presence here. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, hey, this is cool. And then like I saw yeah. like, somewhere that they were here and I was like, no shit. That's really cool. That is very cool. But yes, you're absolutely right. Um, Cult of the Lamb thematically fits perfectly into Devolver's broader publishing brand yes. like the, like i can see how when the dev team was pitching this to a publisher how devolver was like yes give, it to <laughs> give, us, give us give us your game <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you who do not know cult of the lamb you play as a lamb who very literally at the beginning of this game this is not spoiler this is literally the first cutscene is being led to slaughter you are a sacrificial lamb yes. literally and once you are killed you are then revived by the one who waits who wants you to start a cult in their name in return for eternal life. Exactly. But also you have to you have to destroy all other followers of other religions that are in the area. The people who were that there at the beginning yeah. trying to kill you. So that's immediately sets this up. And you're saying to yourself, my God, that sounds pretty dark. And because obviously the whole thing of this is that it totally embraces the, uh, well, I mean, I guess you could run your cult either like in a friendly way or a bad way. But like it kind of pushes you to be like, be a bad cult yeah, leader. Be a bad. You won't tell anyone. Not a bad cult leader because the things like, that you're doing as a cult leader actually make you a very successful cult right. leader. It's more but like it's be more a bad like, person. Be a bad person. Yeah. Make some bad moral choices. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's all about like, hey, embrace your moral corruption. Which I am actually letting myself really do with oh this. Oh my game. gosh, Jared. like other like 
any other game that has like a morality thing, like Red Dead 2 or whatever, I cannot bring myself to be the bad guy in those games. As much as I try, this one, I'm having no problem. I mean, I can't even <laughs> kill my Pikmin, so you know how I am about right. that. But I, I'm, I will say I'm playing it like... I'm in the moral gray area yeah. is how I like. I haven't managed to quite get super evil about it. I'm sort of skirting that line. I'm being, I'm playing super evil, but making my village, my followers like it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all about the mind games. And we'll with talk me. more about we how will. you accomplish that. Exactly. But the, so the gameplay of cult of the lamb is a really interesting mix of two very disparate genres. Yes. Sim games specifically like, um, I, I guess it would fall into the category of life sim yeah sort of a la stardew valley or animal crossing where you're building a town there's typically some farming elements involved in that and in the case of cult of the lamb there's a lot of relationship building with the members of your cult so that's all the life sim stuff but complementing that in a very interesting way is this roguelike element where it's this action roguelike sort of dungeon um crawling uh, element where you basically go on these crusades is what the game calls them. Right. So whenever you need resources for your cult, especially in the early days, like you need gold, you need bones, you need, you need pumpkins, woods, yeah, stone. wood, stone. You need basic things to build your cult up. The way that you get those is by going on these crusades into what do they call them? Like the lands of the old faith. Yes, I don't think that's the actual title. But there's basically, so the people who sacrificed you in the first place are followers of the four bishops of the old faith. Right. And there's Calamar. Leshy. Leshy. Halek. Hecate. Hecate. Yeah, Hecate. And then like the fourth one that I can. I am blanking on that one. Ashura? Shimura. Yes. I think it's Shimura. But the point being that there are these four other gods basically these deities and they each have their own little realm and you slowly unlock those realms as you continue um, throughout the game and every time you go on a crusade you are picking one of the four realms to go crusade through mm-hmm. and what that amounts to is it's basically a little dungeon so you go from room to room in these um, uh, lands of the old faith basically just slaughtering enemies right left and center with a variety of very fun weapons very fun and these dungeons are all procedurally generated as well so exactly. they're never so the they same change every I mean, time. very standard roguelike fare but uh yeah change every time weapons you get at the beginning are change every time uh but then also while you're going out in these lands doing these crusades you also will come across various merchants along the way one of which which is one of my favorite parts actually i don't want to quite get into that just yet okay we'll get we'll, we'll kind of like save getting into the nitty-gritty of all these things uh, a little bit later but all of this to say, like you're talking, you're like this cult leader, you're tending to your followers, you're making them do things for you, giving them blessings. You're, then you're going off and leaving on these crusades to gather resources, defeat the the followers of the old faiths, and to ultimately, I believe, the point of the game being to defeat all the other bishops exactly. of the old faiths. But again, you're saying to yourself, this sounds very dark. And it sounds like a very, uh, like, yeah, just like a dark, uh, evil, somewhat game, you may say. But it is, sure. But it's also abstracted against the cutest art style. Oh my god, it's so that you cute. would ever see. Saturday yeah. morning, think Saturday morning cartoon for real. And, and what is it? Adventures of Gumball? Kind of like it sticks oh, out yeah. in my head, kind of like that. I'm surprised you thought of Gumball. Yeah, I didn't even know you knew what Gumball oh, yeah. was. I know things. Do you like Gumball? You know what? I will tell you. The only thing I've actually we have this weird, just based on the time we go. The last few times I, ever, I go into Kirby Lane, every time I'm there. They're, They're playing, playing gumball? gumball on the TVs. And I'm just like a moth to a light. I can't not look at a TV if I'm in a place where it is. 
you know what? Remind I've me seen you. a lot of gumball on 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 mute that is so in Korean Cafe. I actually do really like gumball. You know, I don't get regular TV, so I can't yeah. really watch it anymore. But every time I go to my parents' house and there's nothing else on but gumball is yeah. on, I'm like, like, oh, thank sure. God, this is what I'll watch. A, a decent cartoon. But that's a fascinating. I, I never would have made that link in my mind of like, what do I think the art style of Cult of the Lamb is like? Gumball? <laughs> I, mean, I was more just like trying to think of like because it is kind of it's not quite the same. Like it, there is a difference. But to I it. see why you would like have made the bigger that eyes exactly. Like, like yeah. both the big eyes and the fact that obviously it's it's two D animation. But even with that being said, a lot of the times two D animation can have a very three D look to it. Yeah. But Gumball and Cult of the Lamb both have um, where that's really not the case. Like it really looks like you're looking at a flat cardboard cutout a lot yes. of the time. Yeah, and that's, it's that look, yeah. like the cardboard cutout kind of look to it. So it's very fun. All your villagers are like cute little woodland creatures. They're so cute. They get all kinds of different forms that you can yeah. have for them. And I think that if you, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but if you bought the game on launch day. I think it's already gone. Oh, okay. Well, too bad for you suckers then. But if you bought the game <laughs> on launch day, you got a special follower form that is just, it's its absolutely just little Cthulhu's. Yeah. And there's usually three variants of each form. So for example, if you unlock like a deer form for your followers, the three variants of that might be a deer with really big antlers, a deer with really small antlers, and then a deer with big antlers, but like um, face paint markings. Yeah. And then in addition to that, you can change the name of all of your followers. You can change their coloration as well. So like if you wanted to get all deer followers and have them all be green, you can because yeah. as soon as you're indoctrinating a new member into your cult, you basically go talk to them and they pledge their devotion to you and that's when you get to decide what am I going to name this person? What's their coloration going to be? And then you hit okay and they join your cult. Yeah. All of your followers also have um, a suite of attributes. I think the max they can have is like three mm -hmm. that are already ascribed to them when they join your cult and they're things like, this follower is a natural skeptic. So they'll be slower to develop devotion towards you. Right. Or this follower is a, what is it, coprophiliac? Yes. This this follower is a coprophiliac. So every time this follower gets sick, their devotion to you actually rises. Right. Or it's like this follower is terrified of death. Every time <laughs> a cult member dies or you sacrifice someone, they're going to lose 10 faith. Right. So these, these different um, elements to your followers are really what kind of makes balancing your your cult. I keep wanting to say farm because I'm so accustomed right? to Stardew Valley. It's different. No. Get it's out. different. It's a cult now. We'll call it a commune. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, the, these different disparate factors are what make managing your commune a little bit interesting mm -hmm. because the other big factor that we kind of glossed over is the health of your cult is dictated by how much faith your followers have in you. And that's um, reflected real time in a meter in the top left corner. So that empties very that quickly. That empties quickly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So like if a follower dies, for example, the other members of your cult, if if they see that dead body, they're going to become sad and also grossed out and they'll puke all over the place. Yeah. And then that affects like the hygiene of your cult. So then faith goes down. Mm -hmm. So you have to constantly be doing things to keep the faith in your cult up. For example, by every time the, uh, there's a, there's a day night cycle. So every time a new day begins, you unlock the ability to do another sermon. You know, you're a cult leader. Right. So Gotta you teach. gather everybody up in the temple and you give a sermon and that raises the entire cult. 
cult faith. That's also where you do rituals. So things like sacrificing followers, throwing a feast, doing a bonfire dance, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. very typical cult-like stuff. All of that will raise or in some cases reduce the amount of faith the cult has in you yeah. and keeping that at at least minimum midway full to all the way full is really the priority because as soon as your cult falls below that midway mark and people start losing faith in you, you can get dissenters. Have you had any? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. We'll talk about this more when we talk about bugs, but dissenters are basically followers that decide they don't agree with you anymore. So they'll get a little megaphone out and they'll start speaking out against you and you can either kill them (laughs) You can kill them, you can try to reform them, and to help reform them faster, you can basically put them in jail, yeah. and then re-educate them is what the game calls it. I know it. I love it. And I love that that is like the terminology they use, like re-educate. Re-educate, yeah. And stuff like that. But Not yeah. brainwashing. No. Re-educate. <laughs> you gotta indoctrinate first, and then you re-educate. Uh, but yeah, you can pick up these followers from your crusades. You'll sometimes can rescue them from various merchants uh, or other occult uh, other cults. Uh, rituals that you stumble across during your crusades and they, you bring them back into your cult. I will say I, it was just the first time when I first started playing me, it still does. The voices of the followers crack me. They are so funny. I because it's like a normal, what you would say like human voice, but, but more like whimsical in a way. And like very like, Yes, hello. So, like, like I'm worshiping here, very reverence. Yeah. But it's offset to like when they're begging for their life or scared. So they're like sitting there, like shaking in a fetal position because they're scared you're going to kill them before you indoctrinate them. And they're like, "Please spare me." But the voice is like, "I don't know. I can't do it's it." It's kind of like Simlish. Like, yeah. So anybody that's played The Sims and knows that they have this nonsensical way of speaking that isn't actually language, that's what the followers sound yeah. like. So yeah, they're talking, but that's all through text. Mm-hmm. You know, your text boxes because their actual language is just like this. And but it's, it's really cute. But it's really cute because it's all it is like said in these like soft whisper tones, and it just for whatever reason paired with how they look yeah. and like their fear. It just makes me, I don't know, it's making me laugh. Like everything Jared, about it. you've got the makings of a fine I know, I played, I, this is the wrong game for me. It's all, it's, it's letting it's, me it's just a, like. It's bringing out your dark side. It really is. And I shouldn't be playing it. But no, it is just, it's those little touches though about it that just like, it make you do feel like I'm taking advantage of you, yeah. but also I'm having a really a lot of fun yeah. doing it and I don't feel bad about and it. And also, yeah, I need more, <laughs> like practically speaking, I need more labors for my mines. Yeah. So I'm going to need you to get on in here. Just come on exactly. in here, join the cult and I'll set you to work in the mines. Which is the thing <laughs> that you can do to get to make your uh commune grow and be bigger exactly. is that you put your followers to work doing yep. various tasks around the around the camp, such as chopping trees, mining rocks, uh so far yet, I haven't been able to get them to clean up poop or anything like that. Oh, you will eventually uh, you unlock an ability okay. like that. Um, and then like, or to like tend to the gardens and the, and the farm plots and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different stuff that you can have them do. Uh, but then, yeah, you can, it's, it's really funny. They'll come up to you sometimes too with quests for you to be able to complete. Uh, sometimes they can be, hey, looks a little dingy around here. Maybe yeah. we can clean up or, hey, what if you build us some decorations or something like that? My favorite artist is straight up when somebody comes to me and be like, it was one of the like early follower missions that I had and they were basically like, hey, you know, it'd be really funny if you made this other follower eat a bowl of poop. I know, it's so funny. <laughs> so you're... And you can collect their poop from yeah, the ground because sure they can. just like shit everywhere. Because <laughs> initially you don't have any facilities. Right. You're basically just in you're an just empty in field. field. And all you've got is like a sweet ass temple and then your big... um. 
I don't know what you would call it. Altar? Altar, yes. Like a big altar statue to you. And that's where your worshipers basically come and like pray to you and build devotion. Mm -hmm. And devotion is basically like, um, it's almost like manna that you can collect from your followers from these altars and these temples. And devotion is how you unlock additional things on what is essentially your cult's skill tree. Right. So for for example, when you're at the lowest level, the only things that you're really working towards are like being able to unlock beds Mm -hmm. being able to unlock body pits because you gotta dig some graves when people die they have a way of doing that sometimes mysteriously sometimes due to natural causes can't say which sometimes due to unnatural causes (laughs) but it was intentional right so so the way that you upgrade your cult is by having more followers to more quickly build devotion to you which you then collect and essentially spend as a resource right because you collect it through their prayers at that they offer at the altar you also collect it through their through their loyalty after you preach a sermon. Yep. And then once you collect, you collect their devotion also by doing rituals and things like that, which you unlock by like being able to, uh, when you raise the loyalty of your followers, you can go up to them and like either talk to them, give them a blessing and different stuff, which will raise each follower's individual level of loyalty to you. And then when you can do that, then, um, I lost where I was going with that, but basically, uh, you, Oh, and you can do that by giving them gifts, giving them a blessing, different things like that. Uh, which, is then funny because then that changes also their their quest that they will come to you and give. I literally just had a follower come to me earlier when I was playing today who said, I've given everything to you and now I'd like to give my life. Please sacrifice me in a ritual. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dark, but okay, because I, here's what I did. Oh, because when you raise their loyalty, they give you like chunks of a uh, commandment stone, which you can yes. then, after you collect yes, three yes, of yes. those, you can then uh, en- enact a new doctrine into your cult. That gives you either various buffs or yes. or uh, rewards in some way, which is how what I was saying earlier when I said like I've got it set up where I sacrifice people and through choosing various doctrines, I sacrifice someone in a in a ritual and I gain like twenty five faith. Yeah, <laughs> and so like it's Absolutely. really good to do if you're if you're like really uh, you know I I did definitely my first sacrifice was a dissenter. Oh, nice. Yeah, get, that, get yeah just get Take rid the of trash them. Out, get them out I mean? of here. <laughs> I totally forgot about doctrines because by this point, um, I have actually unlocked all of the available doctrines. I was going to say, what, uh, what day are you on? I'm I think you're white far. farther ahead than I am. I'm very far in terms of days. I think I'm on day like 130 or something like that. Oh yeah, you're way ahead of me. But I'm taking the, <laughs> so I'm taking the, uh, the dungeon runs basically really slow. I am too. I so I've only those. defeated two of the bishops. So oh, I've got okay. two more bishops to go. One of which I could actually go and try to take down today. Like I've gotten far enough in that dungeon to be able to take on the final boss. The other one I've barely poked around sure. in. So I'm already quite a bit further than you in terms of just sheer day count. Yeah, I'm only day like 42. But I actually don't have that many cultists. I, I like to keep my cult manageable by my standards because I don't want to spend all of my time looking after my followers. Right. And obviously the more the more cult members you have, the more mouths to feed. You have to feed these people. Yeah. So and they the, get hungry really quick too. Hungry so They're fast. They're so demanding. So I, I'm I hover between seventeen to twenty cultists, depending on how many have reached old age Which, and how many I've sacrificed. I know. I'm still trying to find that balance. I think I only have, like I said, I'm day like forty two, and same thing. I'm very, I'm I'm spending more time building my, my commune and, and yeah. followers and stuff like that. I've only, I'm like halfway through the second bishop right now oh okay so you're so, in a neuro right now and i got held up there for quite a bit for some like i blazed through darkwood the first area pretty quick 
and was like feeling good about myself, then the difficulty just upped itself yeah. really good in the second area. And, and I kept getting stomped. Definitely. So each of the subsequent um, dungeons that you essentially unlock, they do scale up in difficulty. Yeah. But as a, at the same time, through uh, doctrine and through managing your cult properly, you also unlock additional, basically, dungeon buffs for yourself. So as you progress, some of the things that you might get along the way are, okay, well, you've unlocked X level by managing your cult properly. So now when you start a dungeon, your default starting weapons are going to be higher level than before. Yep. So the game does scale with you to an extent. And speaking of the weapons and the combat, I just kind of want to... Yeah, we can jump back into more. Yeah, circle back again. to that just a little bit, just because I feel like it's one of the areas where I'm either having a great time or a terrible time, yeah. depending on which weapons the game chooses to give you at the start. Because there are like maybe five-ish weapon classes. I think there so. are daggers, swords, axes, gloves, yeah, gauntlets, 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 not gloves. Gauntlets. <laughs> yeah, they're ah, they're gauntlets. <laughs> Or worst of all, they're hammers. Oh, I haven't had a hammer. Oh so far, God. I hate the gauntlets. Oh, really? Yeah. I love the gauntlets. I like the axe is my favorite. The, the axe is my favorite, followed closely by gauntlets. I detest daggers because their range is so, so short. So oh, short. my God. They're so fast, but you'd have to get right up on enemies to be able to attack them. And that gets difficult because, again, we don't want to spoil like too much of what you will encounter and stuff like that. But there are some enemies, uh, specifically in the second area, that are like these frogs. Oh my gosh, yeah. And they will just jump all over the place. They're so hard to pin so down. Hard. But dude, even as far so with it, So when you've got like a little dagger that you got to be right up close, that is it torture is trying worst. to kill those guys. You need range. Yeah. and then But to help you balance out whatever you're doing with your melee attacks, you also have a given magical ability. Mm -hmm. And again, this is something whenever you start a dungeon, the game assigns you, okay, this is your starting melee weapon. This is your starting magical weapon. Right. And those are usually things like area of effect. You know, maybe they blast all the enemies back and maybe stun them them mm -hmm. or it's something like all right hold down x and aim to shoot a big projectile that explodes when it hits something etc yep. etc et so you're supposed to balance the two of those together to you know defeat all of the enemies but just depending on the weapon you get at the start sometimes runs go really really poorly and, and that's when, what started happening oh to me. yeah just and started when, hitting a lot of poor runs when a runs go, because uh, again you can fail crusades because you yeah. do have health so if you start a crusade and you don't beat the final boss of that crusade that means you have failed the crusade and when you come back to your cult your followers are going to lose faith in you because they're like oh our cult leader is weak look they have failed the dungeon it's only like five though so it's not like a huge amount which is nice i think it's ten Oh, does it increase? Oh, I don't know. It might increase again because maybe I think I, because I think it only loses five for me right now. But maybe after you get into later days, mm. that like ups itself or something. Um, I will say though, this is kind of uh, after you defeat each bishop, you do get to like choose an ability. Yes. Which one of those after you beat the first bishop did you choose? Uh, ability. Oh, you mean like the um like the crowns and the fleeces? Uh, I think so. The fleece, no, not fleeces, because like you have to collect fleeces, which is another upgrade ability. Yeah, you're you collect right. those through like a quest. At the, after you, be, I can't remember what it calls them, but after you defeat a bishop, it gives you like a reward for beating that bishop, and it gives you like four different four abilities to choose from. I chose the one that lets you teleport out. Oh, you're right. It does. Yeah. Yes, I did pick the teleport out one because as well I started because dying I, a lot, and I was oh, like, "This yeah. is going to be a lot easier." This because I don't think there's a there's a penalty for using it. Uh, I don't think there. Uh, 
I'm not sure. I thought that you still lost a little bit of your resources. Oh, really? Oh, yes. You might lose some resources, but you don't lose but the faith But it's not of dying, as much. Yes. I think. And so when you fail a crusade, you do get to keep a portion of all of the stuff that you acquired during that crusade, but you lose like 25% of yeah. your rewards. So dying in a crusade is really bad, whereas escaping a crusade that isn't going well kind of lessens the effect of having to basically bail on that crusade. Right. So yes, you're right. That ability is very 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 clutch so omnipotence yes if you're a new player and you're like well which of these abilities should i get go for omnipotence yeah for sure big tip there uh but yeah while you're going along in these crusades you and you're hunting for resources fighting enemies you can also stumble across these various merchants uh and one of whom is a tarot card reader which is like the other big part of the crusades and your dungeon runs is getting these tarot cards that will give you various buffs. But just like everything else in the game, it's random. You don't know what you're going to get. You can get extra health. You can get uh, like an increase extra to your damage. attack speed, yeah. an increase to your damage. Uh, you can get like one that reveals the whole layout of the map, which yeah. has been very useful sometimes, especially sure. if I can get that telescope card when I'm doing a bad run. Oh, that can sometimes help. And oh, yeah. Um, so you get that. And then a lot of other stuff. But it's all, and I think it's, you can then like, in other areas, because you can meet other merchants in different places you can travel to that aren't crusades, where you can buy tarot cards. And I think that unlocks more cards for the random pool to draw from. That is correct. Yes. So there's so it makes sense to go and like try to buy tarot cards whenever you find them. Some you can just like pick up and find in the crusades, others you can buy from merchants, but you will have this uh tarot card reader who will grant you these various boons along the way. There's also a weapons merchant where you can swap out some stuff. Again, random what he'll have in stock for you. There's also this like spider guy who like has followers oh, caught in his net. I love the spider guy. I was like, I might be out of here, but then no, no. I love his very silly voice. He has yeah. one of the most unique voices and he's always like, mm, this one looks good. I might keep this one. I do love the voices of like <laughs> the tarot card so reader, great. the narrator. Oh, yeah, and stuff they're like that. really cool. It actually sounds like to me, uh, like they're speaking Geonosian, the like insect aliens from attack of the clones yeah. and stuff it was just like these like clicks and pops yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that it like is kind of how their language sounds and it's I was a like, very cool sound it's, it's very cool but i was like geonosians here <laughs> in this game uh so yeah but that just makes i i will say one of the things that is drawing me to cult of the lamb so much is that i love that it's a roguelite but i also love that it's the combination of it of the life sim too because like we've talked about and like it's still like hanging over my head like a dark cloud i have yet to beat hades (laughs) i complete a hades run but and i get like i will do a run of hades maybe two and then i'm frustrated and stop because i haven't beat it yet because that's all the game is yes i like that the life sim part of cult of the lamb gives you a reprieve from feeling like okay i just have to run this dungeon again yeah so i'm that's really keeping me into it a lot more i feel like so i really really like that aspect of it i do too and it's really kind of you know it's just a mental break you know if you go on a run any given run in a dungeon i mean you know it gives you the time that you took to do the run. they're pretty quick i think the longest run i've ever had was maybe like 15 minutes yeah same for me but more often than not they're like seven to ten minutes so most of these dungeon runs are actually pretty short unless you're choosing to extend them which you will probably be able to do later i don't think you can do that that but they're pretty short which means that you can come back to your cult and there's also like a couple of little mini games on the side so you don't have to constantly be in the battle action mindset you can just hang out in your cult as long as you can yeah and just spend your days there and do sermons and rituals and farm with your cult 
salt. And depending on how much you've built up your resources, you might be fairly self-sustaining. You do have to, I think, eventually leave. You do eventually have to because, because like, there's some things that you can only get from Crusades. And you can also, like, sometimes there are follower quests that you can choose to do that'll be like, hey, some sickly followers from another place are coming over. Can we bring them into our cult? And you're like, yeah, yeah sure. But eventually, like what we've talked about, your vil- your followers will get old and yes. die. Oh, yeah. Just of old age. So you do eventually have to go do crusades. Because you need more followers. Because you have to get more followers. Yeah. And, so. and there's like other people that have been um, basically about to be sacrificed by the other bishops of the old faith. So yeah. As you're going through each of these dungeon runs, you know, from area to area, and there's usually four areas in a dungeon, uh, there's basically a little map that'll show up. And if you're familiar with the maps in Slay the Spire, Mm -hmm. they look very similar, but like on a much more um, macro scale, because the maps in in Cult of the Lamb are not nearly as convoluted as the yeah. ones in Slay the Spire. It's pretty but much like there's a room above, exactly. to the left, right, or bottom. And it'll give you just in icons a little gist of what you're going to get when you go to the ne- that next area. If it's a sword, you know, it's just combat and probably a merchant that's going to be selling weapons. Mm-hmm. Or if there's one that looks like a little person, oh, you know there's a follower on that path. Right. So if you really need things like, I need more lumber, I need specifically more stone, I need more food resources, I need more followers, those are always highlighted as the options on the map. So you know which paths you'll want to try to take to get XYZ thing that you need. Right, right. So lots to do, honestly. Like like, there's a ton of stuff. The gameplay loop is very, uh, it's very well crafted the way that they've done it. Because it is like a checkbox of things you have to do every day, but it also doesn't feel like you're just ticking off checkboxes. Again, like you're trying to level up your your followers' loyalty. You're trying to level up your overall uh, powers and abilities. You're trying to like make keep make sure your pl- your commune's running cleanly yeah. and isn't dirty. Everyone's well fed. There's lots of stuff to manage and everything. Absolutely. And then plus you get same thing. If you get tired of running that, you get the reprieve. Go run a dungeon or two. Come yeah. back and start again. Fast. It's a great it's a great loop. It's it a great a f- loop. Great feedback loop. So the only thing that I want to talk about, well, not the only thing that I well, want to talk about. Well, that's what I was about to say. Are we ready to, to so, go that? Because we've talked a lot of good. Let's definitely jump into the cons because there absolutely are some. But before we get to the big, big one, which is the bugs. Right. I actually, based on what we just talked about, I do want to talk about how now that I'm way later into the game in terms of how built up my cult is. Sure. I am noticing a big disconnect in pacing, essentially. Oh. So I'm at a point where I have unlocked every resource for my cult. Okay. I have unlocked every ability for my dungeon runs. I'm, I'm maxed out. Sure. Like, I am maxed out across the board as far as the life sim elements go. So I'm at a point where my cult is really quite self-sustaining, which means that the life sim elements are not really as important for me as uh, anymore. It's not like you do have to focus on the Exactly. So now it's like, well, really kind of the only thing left for me to do are the dungeon runs and the bosses. So I feel like, essentially what I'm trying to get at is, I feel like your followers' devotion is too fast. Mm. Like basically I feel like I was able to get all of the resources way too easily. And I feel like it should have been slowed down a bit to better match the pace that I'm going at in the crusades. Now this might just be a matter of how I'm choosing to play the game of like taking a more chill approach to the dungeons. Mm. I feel like other players may not have really, um, 
run into this kind of problem. And if you're choosing to have not a lot of followers, like if you're keeping your cult at like five to 10 followers, you probably are building up devotion a lot slower. Yeah. But I think that that's not how most people will experience the game because the game encourage you, encourages you very heavily to keep getting more and more followers. Right. So I just feel like most people are going to be building up devotion to then spend on upgrades at a much faster pace than they can get through the dungeons. Right. So I'm hitting a bit of a disconnect right now just in terms of the pacing of the game. Sure. But I definitely don't think it's... I don't think a lot of people will notice necessarily. And I think most people probably won't care. Yeah. But for me, it kind of is like a weird like, oh, okay. Well, I've, you know, I'm, I'm done. Like right. there, part right. of me feels like I've finished the game. I unlocked all of my cult, you know, abilities. Other than the bishops, I'm, I'm done here. Yeah. So it's just a little bit of a weird spot to feel like you are... Both, that you both are and are not finished with the game. Yeah. So I'm at a weird spot, but I think that might just be me. But I can kind of see that happening with me, though, because yeah. I do realize, like, even though I'm only day, like I said, day 41, I have already leveled up the various branches of, like, either my dungeon abilities or commune abilities and unlocks. I am, like, several levels in, and I am kind of like, wow. I've, I did have that thought already, too. Like, I'm like, leveling this up This seems fast. fast. Yeah. yeah. Comparative, again, to what you're saying, to where I am in the in the dungeons. Maybe they do expect you that, like, the optimal way to play is that you're doing a day, you run a dungeon. Do a day, run a dungeon. Yeah. You know, but maybe, and so maybe we're extending the, the commune parts a little more than we should be. I mean, at least compared to other life sims that we've both played, like Stardew Valley, in my case, Animal Crossing, and especially Cozy Grove. Yeah. Like, Cozy Grove progresses at a snail's pace by comparison. Well, yeah, I would say Stardew does too. Like, Stardew... Yeah, Stardew is slow. Especially in the beginning. There are days where, like, I finish the things I have to do by, like, 2 p.m. And then there's nothing else time, to do. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go to bed. Yeah. But this one, like, you go through the days pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, the days are fast. Yeah. Like, it is a fast-paced life sim. So if you're expecting the kind of game where you will be able to keep playing it forever, yeah. like an Animal Crossing, I really don't think this is that I kind of game. I don't think it is. I think it has a no. pretty definitive Cult end. Cult of the Lamb has a clear end to it, and you are supposed to get to that end and then be done with the game. I mean, yeah. you can artificially extend it and just keep going on runs keep messing with your cult but Mm -hmm. there's definitely going to be a point where you are finished with the game yeah for sure now with all that being said though too and we've alluded to it there and we've said a lot of good things that we love about this game already but we do have to have some caveats that there are some serious work well i will say caveat to the caveat that they have released a patch that has fixed some of these issues that we've talked about but it's stuff that we did still encounter while playing the first few hours of the game um, but it did have its fair share of bugs and oh, issues yeah, with for performance. Sure. Yeah. We're both playing on Switch, I believe. Correct. Okay, yes. Uh, one of the things, apparently, that I didn't realize until later, but and but then has now been fixed by a patch, is that on Switch and console versions, not PC, it would limit the amount of followers who could come into a temple with you yep. to six. Correct. Which is a problem, because it would usually pick your long... It seemed to pick your original followers it also prioritizes elderly followers okay so even if you get a follower later on who's already older and they like reach old age yeah. they will still come into your your temple every day for sermon yeah and so they come in there but what that does and you're like why is that a problem well it's a problem because in the temple is where you choose very specific things like when you want to do a sacrificial uh, ritual you have to choose a follower and sometimes if it's a follower who says, hey, sacrifice me, then you can't do that 
because they don't come if they don't the come temple. into the temple. Yeah. So they did fix that. They did release that on patch, but that was a pretty big one because I think it also limits some other later game choices you have as well. Yes, it does. So now having that fixed, that frees up a little bit more things. But I was also running into a bug where like your followers would get stuck leaving the temple and then oh, a day like really? wouldn't progress because you're like, there's no one here to collect things. And you go over to the temple and they're all like just like stuck and bunched up. In really? The I never got that. one. I could fix it by going to like one of the other map areas, not running crusade and then just coming back and they were back out just all milling around. But then it would happen again. Very weird. Again, haven't had that happen since the since the patch came out. Yeah. I mean, I and I ran into a big, big bug. What was yours? Which I mean, I haven't found anybody else that has encountered a similar bug so i'm i, I frankly can't prove that it happened yeah. but i swear to god it happened to me <laughs> i was on about day 17 i think like day 16 to 17 and i went on a crusade and this was like at the height of my covid too sure so i was on a crusade oh, I and this. i was really tired in real life so i paused the game while i was in a crusade put my switch into sleep mode and i went and took a long long nap sure when i got up later and came back to continue playing the game turned the switch back on, unpaused the game, finished out the crusade with no problems. But when I got back to my cult from that crusade, time had still progressed. Oh no. Which, what I mean by that is time does still progress while you're on crusades, but it's not supposed to progress while the game is paused. Right. I had paused and slept the system and time was still progressing. Yeah, so I right. came back on day 29 Six of my followers had died because they they, they had all died <laughs> Starved, of starvation. Yeah. And all of the remaining ones were now dissenters because cult faith was so low. Right. There was no saving it. There was no way. Oh, that you I had could, to restart completely? I, I didn't technically restart the game, but I did lose every single follower. Oh wow. Because the dissenters had been dissenting for so long that eventually if you don't re-educate a dissenter, they'll just leave your cult. You know, oh. they'll just literally go to the door and leave. Yeah. So the very few remaining dissenters that I still had, they just left. So I was literally at a point where I had zero followers and I was on day 30 by that oh, point. Shit. So I was like, great. I guess I'll start over from scratch. Yeah. But I have not encountered anybody else that's had that issue. I even asked on Reddit, like, hey, has anybody else encountered this? Oh, really? And everybody was like, no, that's a weird one. Yeah, because I tested it too. Like, I, I think I let, I wasn't in a crusade. I don't think I realized before when you were telling me about this that you were in a crusade. I was, a, but I, I was just like on my, in my commune and yeah. I paused the game. It like didn't save, didn't quit out and everything and then shut it off to sleep and everything like that. And yeah, I came back and it well, seemed to so be Well, so since then, still. it has never happened to me again. Just that one time. But I'm still so nervous about it happening that I feel like I can't pause the game. So you save and quit every Yeah, time? so I save and quit every time because I'm like, well, what if it happens again? Yeah. What yeah. if I pause and everybody dies? Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Because I also had a, well, no, mine I would call a game-breaking one too um, because... I started, started playing on hard, got to like day very early, same about you, like it's probably about the same amount of time, a little less. And I was like, oh man, I think I'm playing too hard. Like I, you know, I, I don't think I understand what I'm supposed to do in this well enough yet to be able to like really play it on the harder difficulty. I might need to restart and try and try again. Cause same thing, like I was losing faith super quick. I hadn't figured out ways to like really get it back up yet. Now I have all's good. Um, but, and so I restarted and I got to, I think, not even through the whole like tutorial. Like I was still in like where Ratal or the guy who like shows you around and how to start oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was still like doing that and had giving me his intro missions. I went into the temple, did like my first sermon. And when I came out, it never gave me another quest. Oh. So it was like, and I like 
days progressed. Wow. I tr- left and like ran crusades and came back. Nothing changed. So I was like, oh, I'm just like soft locked from progressing here or huh. hard locked, I guess, from progressing. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I would have had to restart. <coughs> Fortunately, I did keep my save of my fr- and started a new one. So I just went back to that one and then just was like, okay, I've learned new stuff and was gotcha. able to get it to recover. So I'm still playing on that save file. Okay. But if I had not done that or re or written over my old one, yeah, I would have had to restart again. Yeah. So there was some like there were issues. There's some big ones. Not just like, oh man, it runs a little crummy in this one specific place. Well, no, there were some like ones that would stop you from making progress. So. And the, you just touched on one that apparently is still a pretty big problem on at least switching other consoles is that I have heard tell from other people that if you have a lot of followers, like more than 20, like 30, 40, that the game lags so oh, I, bad. I can bet that. On Switch especially. Oh, yeah, on Switch especially. Now, I'm not at a point where it's the kind of lag that I've experienced in Cozy Grove, for example. But now that I have 20 followers and a lot of assets in my cult, I have noticed a significant uh, state of lag every time it hits a new day. So if I'm doing something in my cult at night and a new day starts, there will be like a pause where the game kind of freezes for like five to ten seconds. Oh, damn. And then it finally decides, okay, you can play again. Weird. So I'm definitely realizing that I don't want more followers because it will continue to impact the performance. So there, I'm not sure if that's one of the issues they fixed in the recent patch. I don't think so because I'm still seeing some lag even at my level. That's true because that seems like that might be a bigger like it might be a bigger oh, yeah. patch along the way. Again, I'm not I, a game developer. I don't know. But, but I, I feel, feel like, like making the game run smoother at later stages. I mean, it's like Civ Six on, oh, si- on, yeah. si- on that on Switch. You get to the, like the mo- industrial modern era. It is struggling. You are done. <laughs> yep, that's Other than it. That, though, I will say I haven't noticed a lot of like performance things on Switch. Sure, low times take a little bit longer than they would on a console or PC. Sure. But like in the combat of the crusades, I haven't noticed like laggy frame yeah, rate no, issues crusades there. Crusades, I'm perfectly fine. And it's really just when you're in the cult and you have a lot of assets that right. you start to see some lag. So it's, you know, stuff to be aware of. I will say, I guess as, as you get into it, of just like, if you want to buy the game now, we've had people in our discord ask us like, Oh, should I get it yet? And we're like, Maybe give, maybe it, give wait, it a couple. Give it like weeks. another. Give it like another week or so to roll out another patches. I know this patch that they just released like two days ago uh, it, that it fixed, fixed the fall one. It fixed some of the bigger ones. Um, but so that would be our thing to say. Like, yes, the game is super fun and everything. But it just is not without its maybe problems. Maybe wait a little yeah. bit if you want to jump on it. But I mean, even with that said, Cult of the Lamb has already passed what, like a million downloads? A million downloads, yeah. It it's, is, it's been very it's a successful. Hit, for sure. Yeah, it's a big hit. Which I feel like is a great. I feel like this year has been the year that like these like these games come out and each one gets like a big following behind it. Yeah. And like really blows up. I'm talking AAA, I'm talking indie. Like this year is just being good. Cause we had like we have Cult of the Lamb. Stray. We have Elden Ring, Stray, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. And then even like in other uh, multiverses and stuff like that, oh, like yeah. all these these games, like for some reason, it seems like these games are coming out and all of them are like hitting just really well. Yeah. And so that's been really fun to see. And it's fun to see, especially in this indie world. I feel like maybe I'm just keeping up with them better this year than I have in the past years. But like to get like Stray to be kind of such a thing, 
uh, at the time and now cult of the lamb is very much a thing i definitely agree with you because like even though it is way more niche and definitely didn't have as much of a broad reaching impact neon white was still incredibly well received mm-hmm. like critically speaking people love that yeah. game and for good reason so i definitely agree with you on the front of like do i feel like 2022 has been an, an unusually good year for indie games yeah yeah i think it has been so and we're not even done yet not even done There's Still a few more months y'all have to go of this year. But I think that would that would be our recommendation for Cult of the Lamb right now. Incredibly fun game. Just go in for right now, at least for maybe again another week or two till I get another patch out. Be a, just be aware. You just might be run aware. Some issues. There are some bugs. So. Now, in in but in the game's defense, the game breaking bugs that both of us have encountered have not stopped us from playing. Oh no, I've We're not still thrown playing. my switch in frustration and said, yeah. "No, forget this game. I, I'm keep going." Which right back I think to that's it. a ring endorsement. If you're For willing sure. to play through the bugs and you still have a good time, it's a pretty good game. For sure. And of course. Another thing we haven't touched on yet. The soundtrack is so good. The soundtrack is so good. It's composed by Riverboy. Oh my and gosh. I was listening to it on Spotify. I broke my rule. I needed to go ahead and listen to it before I finished the game. Yeah. Because it's just a damn delight. Yeah. It's it's honestly, I would describe it as like a I, I feel like it would fit very well in like a super giant game. Like it feels like yeah. Darren Korb esque soundtrack, kind of mixed with maybe like a katana zero uh like a little bit more of electronic element to it, yeah, I would yeah. say, than uh, Katana Zero, uh, My Friend Pedro, kind of stuff like that, c- combined with um, Darren Korb's like Pyre Bastion scores that he does, like that, yeah. like Knuckle Bones, the sound for the song that plays when you play the side game Knuckle Bones, yeah, sounds straight out of, a, of a, like Darren Korb oh, okay. song, but then like the main theme and everything, Praise the Lamb. Such a good, such song. a good fun song, such a good song. So go check out the uh, soundtrack uh, by Riverboy on. Spotify, wherever you listen to your soundtrack. It's probably on Bandcamp. It's probably out there on Bandcamp too for you to pay and download, which I will be doing for sure. Nice. So, yes, fantastic game. Got some bugs, but give Cult of Lamb a shot because it's another great indie game yeah. that we've been enjoying. That and obviously, it's not full price. You know, this yeah, isn't a seventy dollars game. I think it's twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Yeah, I think. I think. No, it is. It okay, is. okay. Because I remember I had some Nintendo points. So I got it for like twenty. Oh, so gotcha. Like, Hell nice. yeah, yeah! Let's go. So yeah, don't be paying seventy dollars for broken ass Bethesda games anymore. Pay. T- <laughs> Pay $25 for a for, somewhat for broken, mildly broken, but still really good game. <laughs> and there you have it, our ringing endorsement for Cult of the Lamb. But with that, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, letting us gab about another game that we love. And uh, we'll be coming out with a new episode soon to grace your inbox of podcasts. So. Stick around for that. But until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Boom. Very good. That was a great. Unfortunately, also, I think that was our review. I think that's our review. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, everyone, before we go completely, <laughs> we we're getting our behind minds. our mics. This was not a first this impression. Was the review. This was a review. <laughs> so this is our review of The Cult of the Lamb. We did Thank a- you. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>